In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is a, a joyous feast of the Church. But one might ask if we are celebrating or remembering the falling asleep, the, the death of the Theotokos, how can that be a joyous thing? How can that be a happy thing? That's a, there's a paradox there in the mind of the church. When we lose a loved one, of course, there's a lot of weeping, there's a lot of sadness. But today, the church rejoices after this two weeks period of fasting and preparing for this day. The church rejoices. So why is it that we are rejoicing? Well, it begins at the moment at the foot of the cross. You remember Christ is crucified on the cross and near his cross are his mother and his beloved apostle John. And what does he say to them? He turns to John and he says, Behold your mother. And then he turns to his mother and he says, Woman, behold your son. We can say a lot about this moment, but at that moment, his mother becomes our mother. At that moment, he gives her to the world. And he gives the world to her in the sense of being a mother. And what is a mother? A caretaker. One that we run to for help, for protection, for advice, for love, for forgiveness. Just like our earthly mothers, or grandmothers, or godmothers. This is what we, what Christ gives us right there at the moment of his crucifixion. When he is nailed to the cross, he's thinking about you all. About how and in what way can I leave them somebody that will be an intercessor. This is where we get the word intercessor. So from that moment on, the mother of Christ became the mother of the apostles. And they would go to her. And in fact, she lived in the home of John. And she was very much revered and loved by all the early Christians. We have very early hymns that were composed for the Mother of God. And when we do the uh, Artoclasia today, the hymn that we sing, uh, Rejoice Theotokos, Mary full of grace, the Lord is with you. This is an ancient hymn, goes back to the second century. So even you could see the early Christians had this great love for the Holy Virgin the Virgin Mary, 
And in our church, the Orthodox Church, of course, we love her so much that we have many feasts for her. <clears throat> and as time went by and as the church grew, more and more people realized just how special the Virgin Mary was. Just how special. <clears throat> then came the time when she was, it was made known to her that she would be falling asleep, that she would be dying. The church tells us that the angel Gabriel appeared to her again, just as he had that amazing day when he appeared to her to tell her she would be the mother of God, that she would give birth to the Messiah, to the Son of God. Again, the angel Gabriel visits her and tells her that in three days she would pass from this world to the next. And so what does she do? Immediately she begins to pray and fast and make preparations. Miraculously also, the church tells us that all the apostles were miraculously brought to her when she lay dying, except one, Thomas. And there is a reason for that, and you'll know in a minute. So all the 11 disciples came, the 11 apostles came to one last time look at the Holy Virgin, receive her blessing, receive her advice, her prayers, what a momentous moment that must have been, knowing all they knew about Christ and having already suffered so much for him. And here was the woman who suffered the most when she saw her son crucified. And they had this beautiful bond, a true family of the early church. And the moment she passes, they begin the funeral. And they carry her in procession to be buried in the Garden of Gethsemane next to her parents, Joachim and Anna. And on their way, there was a man who was very angry with the situation, very angry that the, at Christianity, at the Virgin Mary, and he tr tries to attack the beer, the... the, uh, the platform that they're carrying the Theotokos on, the coffin. And as he's trying to attack, Im immediately an invisible hand cuts off his hand. And he falls down in fear. If you could see this in some of the icons. And realizing his very bad mistake, he asks for forgiveness from the Holy Virgin and from God. And St. Peter heals him right there on the spot. Then they continue with the burial. And they leave. Thomas arrives three days later, very grieved that he could not be there for the funeral. And he asks if he could see and venerate the body of the Holy Virgin. And what happens? As you know, they open the tomb and she is not there. 
The body of the Theotokos is not there. There is no grave of the Theotokos where her body is because she was translated, she was resurrected and caught up into heaven. This is what the church has taught from the beginning. And this is what we believe today. And this is why we rejoice. Because in her death, she also destroyed the power of death and was resurrected just like her son. So she becomes an intercessor now because she is in heaven with Christ and she becomes our intercessor. What does that mean, an intercessor? Some people say, well, can't we just go to Christ directly? He is the mediator between God and man. Of course he is, yes. But an intercessor is someone who, is, who knows you, who knows what it's like to live in this world, who knows the struggles, and has great love for you. And with that love, she comes to Christ every moment of the day, praying for all of us. Because we have an image of Christ that he is all-merciful, and that is true. We have an image of Christ that he is all-loving, and that is true. We have an image of Christ that he is all-forgiveness, and that is true. But Christ is also angry with the world. Christ is also disappointed with the world and with us. When we fail to live the Christian life, when we fail to love one another, when we fail to love Him, when we fail to be like Him, it angers him. It disappoints him. And this is where the Theotokos pleads with him to have mercy on us, to remember his love for us, to give us one more chance, to help us, to realize our weakness, she, she reminds him of all that. In this way, she's the intercessor. Not that Christ doesn't want to love us, not that Christ doesn't want to forgive us, and he needs to be sort of coaxed into it. No. But Christ cannot do anything for us if we are not doing our part. How can he forgive us if we're not repenting? How can he forgive us if we're not sorry for our sins and sorry that we have offended him and have that compunction in our hearts and tears in our eyes for our sins? How can he forgive us? How can he heal us if we don't realize we're sick? He can't. And so this is where his anger and disappointment comes for us not to mention how we hurt others. 
how we devour others with our gossiping, with our slander, with our judging, with our lack of love, with our lack of forgiveness, and never mind everything else, the sins of the world, rejecting God's love, rejecting his, the eternal life he wants to give us and this salvation. Would this not anger you? It certainly is angering Christ. And for this reason, again, she is our intercessor, praying for us that Christ's heart might soften towards us and give us that chance once again when we ask for it. When we ask for it. This is why every prayer of the church, you'll notice, as soon as we are calling out to God, immediately we say, and through the intercessions of the Theotokos. She's included in every single prayer because she is that bridge between us and Christ when we need it. And we need it often. Sometimes we might hesitate to go to the Theotokos. Some of us might not yet have developed a true relationship with her. It might, she might seem distant to us still. We haven't felt comfortable approaching to her, talking to her. That happens sometimes, and for some people. And this is where you have to really overcome this and understand that she is your mother. She loves you and is waiting for you to call upon her, and she will come to you. So many miracles, so many encounters with the Theotokos that people have had all over the world. They feel her presence. They see her. She appears to the people. She comes to us in all kinds of ways, even through her relics, even through uh, the holy icons that pour for myrrh. There's a very famous icon that is uh, in the Bay Area now, and in your bulletin you'll see um, the schedule of where it will be available to be venerated, this icon of the holy Theotokos, the Ivron icon of Hawaii is again among us. It's a great miracle. For many years now, it's been uh, streaming myrrh. <clears throat> many miracles have happened. And when you are around this icon, you will feel the presence of the Theotokos. It's a, it's a incredible, amazing feeling, knowing she is truly there. You will be overwhelmed with a sense of love and calmness and peace of the Theotokos when you are in the presence of this icon. So I encourage you to make the effort to go and venerate it. Again, look in the bulletin for the locations and dates. Her great love for you, her great concern for you, take advantage of it. Cry out to her. Ask her for help. No matter what is going on in your lives, no matter what you're struggling with, she can help. She can give you strength. 
and comfort and intercede for you before Christ. She is the greatest of the saints. There is no greater saint. And for this reason we love her and honor her, especially on this day, and we rejoice that today, on this day, she was installed, she was elevated as the Queen of Heaven. Holier than the angels. What does that tell us? Look what's possible for a human being to become. You can become many things in this world, but look what God says you can become. If she is Christ's mother, and Christ says to John, behold your mother, then what is he saying to John? He's saying, you're my brother now. And when you make her your mother, then Christ becomes your brother, family. Think about that. This is not poetry. This is real. Can you think of Christ as your brother? As someone who knows you so deeply and loves you like a brother? Can you think of him that way? Some of us don't feel comfortable doing that. We have this sort of, I don't know, a humility or a lack of understanding. No. Everything is very true, very real in our family of Christ. So if a human person can become what the Holy Virgin became, look at what God has given us. Look at how much he desires to change us, to transform us, to sanctify us, so that we can be with him and live in his presence. So many th more things we could say about the Mother of God. <clears throat> But the greatest message I want to convey to you today on this feast is that you would use this as an opportunity to get close to her in your prayers, in your thoughts, in your heart. <clears throat> as the apostles were gathered around the Theotokos, uh, today we have a special relic also with us which, in a sense, brings that moment to us here today, and that is, on this table, there is a very special relic containing relics of the apostles, Peter, Paul, and Iakovos, and also another saint, Vlasios. And in the center of the, of the relic uh, case is a very, very small piece of a piece of clothing of the Theotokos the veil of the Theotokos. And I encourage you to come after the service and venerate and receive the blessing. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.